chapter 6, we, it's where we've been studying um, for the last, um, oh, I don't know, a long, long time, going through the, whole, the book of Ephesians and just learning what, what God was saying to a church there and saying to us as well. It's been preserved for thousands of years, that the, the, the letter that Paul wrote to the people who lived around there. And um, we had the chance to do it as well. It was written to believers. So if you're a believer here this morning, a follower of Jesus Christ, it's written to you. Uh, there's stuff that you can learn from it. Some of it is directly to people who lived in that time period, but we can still learn from it. And other stuff is just written to any believers who are, gonna, who are going to ever follow Jesus Christ. That's us and for whoever may follow us until he returns. Uh, and he said some things uh, like this. And I just want to remind you of that in verse 10. He says a final word. Uh, which, he just, which means, you know, from now on, he's saying live like this. We, we kind of looked at that before. It's from now on, live like this. Let this be your life. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, encouraging you to be strong because he's not going to do it for you. God's just not going to be strong for you. He's saying you be strong, but be strong in him. Uh, and then it says, um, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against people. But we are fighting. We're in a battle. And it says that it's against evil rulers um, and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There's definitely evil in this world, and it's, it's definitely out to, uh, to attack your life. Uh, and it always is. And so Paul is saying, hey, be strong, have the armor on, and be ready. It says in verse 13, therefore, because you're in a battle, he says, put on every piece of God's armor. Um, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm and stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. And in addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. We're going to stop right there. We've looked at some of the, the armor. Uh, and what we've realized as we've looked at this is that it's not physical stuff. It's not like a belt like you're wearing and say, oh, as you put on your belt in the morning. Some people, you know, they, they do this. They get up in the morning like, okay, I'm putting on my belt. And uh, in my mind, I'm putting on the belt of truth. And then, you know, I'm putting on my shirt. And okay, I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Throw on a cap. I'm putting on my helmet of salvation. And it's doing absolutely nothing for you. Um, as, as kids, we kind of learned it was like this stuff. And I love those days because you get to make like the cardboard swords and cardboard, um, you know, shields. And it's every little boy's favorite Bible story in Sunday school is that one. Uh, any of the ones that, that have a little bit of violence, right? That's uh, that those, but he says that's not what it's about. It's this, it's this thing of, of having these, these, uh, the, 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 how do you say it? There is something that you're putting on. It's just not something physical because it's not a physical battle. It's something you're putting on in your mind, saying truth, putting truth into your mind, lining it up with God's word so that you have something in your head that sorts through your own thoughts because you'll lie to yourself. You'll, you'll think all kinds of things that, that aren't really true. And it happens all the time. We talked about that with truth. About righteousness, knowing that you're righteous. You are righteous today as a follower of Jesus Christ, not because you're of your good behavior, but because of what we just celebrated. Because of his sacrifice, you are righteous. And Holy Spirit is trying to convince every follower of Jesus that they're righteous. If you're not a follower of Jesus, he's trying to convince you that you need Jesus Christ to be your righteousness. To not try and impress God or be, be better. Be a better person. Uh, you never be good enough. He's just convincing you that you need Jesus Christ. Um, and then all of these things working together, he says, stand firm. It was this defensive type of posture, but hey, the enemy's attacking you, but you'll be standing if you, if you take up this armor. And then we see the last thing that we talked about in this scripture is the shield of faith. 
which is a huge topic. Uh, to try and cover that in 15, 20 minutes is just impossible. Uh, to cover in a, in a week or a month, it's impossible. It's a massive, massive topic. There's 228 verses in the New Testament, just about that that. Very, that um, variation of the word faith. Uh, and it's, it's one thing that I just want to encourage you to, to look into because there's so much to it. And as I read through um, some, of those, some of those verses, just hoping that that stirs something in, in your heart. Um, Jesus talked about things like people having little faith. You know, the disciples in the storm and not trusting God enough. He's like, you guys have little faith. He talked about people who had great faith, who were like, Jesus... I, I, the centurion wasn't even a follower of Jesus Christ, but he just said, listen, I know that all you got to do is say a word and my servant who's in another town will be healed. And Jesus was like, man, these guys got great faith. I've never seen great faith like this in Israel. There's dead faith where it's like you got, you know, you talk about having a faith, but it doesn't actually motivate your life in any way. Um, it talks about how people were healed as a result of their faith. There was definitely people where Jesus said, your faith has healed you. There was a woman who reached out to touch him. There was a leper who came back and thanked him. Uh, there was also stories where, where Jesus said it was your friend's faith that healed you. There was the four guys who let the, the dude down through the roof. You know, they couldn't even get to Jesus. So they're like, the church is packed. The house is packed. So they climb up on the roof and they lower their friend down into the, to the building. And Jesus looks up in the hole and says, hey, you know, your faith has... Um, has healed, uh, healed them. He saw their faith. Uh, so there's lots of this stuff that I realize that there's different things, different scenarios that, uh, that it, uh, happens when we talk about um, faith. Um, in the past, we didn't talk much about the connection between the piece of armor and what it was talking about. When we talked about truth, we didn't talk about it being like a belt that holds your clothes together. We talked about, you know, righteousness. We didn't talk about it being like a breastplate that protects your inner organs. But for this one, I do want to do that because Paul actually adds a little bit more to it. So he says, when you're talking about the shield of faith, he was talking about a specific kind of shield. When he write the, wrote the word shield, it wasn't just a shield. Like, um, it was this kind of shield. It was big, all square, like a door. Uh, it wasn't like the little round one that, you know, Captain America carries around. Or it, it, was, this, it was this kind of shield. He wanted to paint that picture that when he says, when you take up faith, it looks like it's big. It's this big uh, defensive type thing. And he says to them, when you take it up, remember we talked about with righteousness? He, he described to them about wearing righteousness like, it, like you were swimming in it, like you're wearing your dad's shirt when you're four. It's like, you're, like it's so big and, and it just surrounds and wraps you up. He's like, I want you to think about righteousness that way. But he didn't say that with this. He says the word for this is take it up like you're going to use it. Take up faith like you're going to use it. And um, Paul's been encouraging every believer to, to it's, it's up to you to do something about it. You've got to take this thing up. You've got you've to take it up and use it. It's not good enough just to have it. There's so many people in, in uh, North America that, that are Christian. We're going to talk, uh, do a whole series on that uh, in, uh, after Ephesians is over. But there's, you hear people talk about, yeah, I have a faith. You know, I'm, yeah, are you a Christian? Yeah, but I just don't go to church a lot. You know, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't like church, but I've got a faith. And it's Paul saying to them, he's saying, hey, this idea of having a faith but not using it, it's, a, it's like the soldier who's got a shield somewhere. You know, he's in battle and it's like every, the thing's all attacking. He's like, oh, I got a shield. It's under my bed at home somewhere. But, you know, how, you know he's getting like taken out. And Paul's saying, listen, faith, you pick it up and use it. But it's also got to be used for its purpose. One of the big things I've seen in Christianity growing up and being been around the block a few times is that there's so many people who use faith the wrong way. They take faith instead of being a shield and they turn it into their dinner plate. They, like, they just load it up with all the food that they think they want and they use faith as their tool to say, well, if I have faith, it's going to make God give me stuff. 
I got faith for a bigger home. I got faith for a new car. I got faith for that hot woman across the congregation to be my wife. Right? I, got, I got faith for this stuff. And you're like, you guys are all like, no, we're way more spiritual than Mark. We, we would never do, say things like that. So many times people have used and, and thought, hey, you can name it, you can claim it. It's just this thing of you can use faith. But Paul said that's not primarily what this thing's for. He says when you've got faith and lifting it up, it's because it's going to protect you from the fiery darts of the enemy in the battle that you're in. Don't mistake that thought and saying, oh, I'm just going to have faith for this. And we're going to talk about that um, real quick. What is faith? When Paul says, lift up that shield of faith, what is it? If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, it's like this, this, the chapter of faith. Um, but in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, if you have a chance later, read the whole thing. It's, it's just amazing. It's, as I read through it, I'm just like, and so inspired. But Paul's, um, well, we believe it's Paul. We're not exactly sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. But it says this, faith, faith is What's faith, you ask? He says, here it is. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Confidence, faith is the confidence that we, what we're hoping for will actually happen. We're confident that it's going to happen. It gives us assurance or proof about things that we cannot see. It's, it's this thing that says, you know, the, the word, those words are big in the, in the Greek uh, writings that they actually mean a whole lot more than just confidence. It means, it means um, foundation, means structure. It means like, like a basement foundation. It's something that's actually there. It's not saying, oh, it's this kind of idea, pie in the sky thought. It's, it's this thing, you have it. It's, it's, so, it's so strong, so real. It's this, it's this confidence that what you're hoping for is actually going to happen. So if you're like, uh, you know, a Leaf fan and you think the Leafs are going to win the cup next year, you don't have any faith because the confidence of that actually happening, it's not going to happen. That's just, you know, that's just a faint hope. There was a guy this week who um, passed away and in his obituary he wrote that he wanted the Leafs to be his pallbearers so they could let him down one last time. Um, the, uh, I know, he's from Hamilton. Um, but uh, this, idea, this idea that, you know, I really, really hope and many Christians have that thing. They got this really, really hope, and they think that's faith. But Paul's saying that's not what it is. The Bible's saying real clearly, faith is this confidence. It's not just this hope, it's this confidence. It's this knowing on the inside. It's this idea of having proof that what you're hoping for is actually going to happen. Um, Paul, t- or the, the scripture talks about it being like an eager anticipation. That that's what that hope is. It's like, I'm eagerly anticipating what I know is coming. That, and we're going to talk about how you get to figure out what that, to, to know what's coming. But uh, as I thought about it, it's, it's almost like, you know, the kid at Christmas. You remember when you were a little kid, maybe you're still like this, but at Christmas, you, you, like, you look under the tree and you see the present there with your name on it. I remember as a kid, that was a big deal for us. And we'd try and like peel back the little corners of the paper just to see what might be in that box. Because we knew it was for us. What are we waiting for? Anybody know what we're waiting for when you see the presents under the tree? You're waiting for Christmas Day. Right? You're waiting for that day when you finally get to open it. But for all those days beforehand, and for cruel parents, they put them there on like November 25th and just let you, like, just like, you know, you touch it. We're, we're not going to let you have it. You know, my parents used to wrap stuff in towels, so uh, save money, right? But you, you could look, you know, whole, and they'd check, make sure we hadn't moved the towels. But that, that idea of, of, we know it's coming. It's just not yet. We, we know that we know that we're going to open it, but just not yet. 
For those who are pregnant, you know that thing. It's like, you know, you know that there's a baby coming, but just you're not sure when. And it can happen anytime. Mitchell's, I don't know when they were due, but baby decided to come a couple days ago. Uh, and they just knew that, you know, it's, um, uh, we don't know exactly when, but we know that there's a baby coming because there's this expectation. There's proof of it. You just got to look. Don't say anything. Don't ever ask people if they're pregnant. Just a note there. Even if you think you see the proof, sometimes it's not. All right, so uh, this idea, I say I'm just going to warn you. Just so, But this idea, this confidence, you know that you know because you can see that it's there. There's this proof. Uh, and, and, and what Paul is saying, when you pick up the shield of faith, he's like, pick up this confidence in your God. This confidence that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. He says, because you're in a battle that the darts are coming at you, that you're going to doubt what God can do. You're going to doubt who God is. You're going to doubt the love of God. He says, that's why I want you to remember. That's why I want you to do this all the time. Keep remembering how much I love you and how much you're worth and how much I paid for you, the sacrifice that was made. Because there's this, couple thoughts. Number one, you're saved by faith. Ephesians said it, it's by grace. You've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. That faith, that salvation, that grace, all of it is a gift from God to you. You can't generate faith in yourself. You can't just decide, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to do this. It's a gift that God gives to you. It's this, it's this um, confidence in the finished work uh, of what Jesus did at the cross. That's, that's a gift that God gives to you. In Romans 12, verse 3, it talks about how God's given to every person the measure of faith. He's given them the same, the same amount of faith, the same measure to be able to believe him. I believe that's for salvation, that every person has in the inside that thing of, yes, I can believe God for um, salvation. And he says, you know, it's, it, it's about that, that confidence in it. Some of you, you go to church every week. You're like, yeah, I kinda, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll go to church, but I don't know how far I'm going to do this Christian thing. I'm going to believe all that stuff they talk about every Sunday. And sometimes it's like we believe in Jesus, like, you know, we believe in the Easter Bunny, and we believe in, you know, we believe in um, Santa Claus, and we believe in the Tooth Fairy, and it's those things where you have to believe that they're real, and then they're real. You know, we've been having this discussion with my daughter that the Tooth Fairy's not really real, and she can't believe that her Dutch parents would actually put money for free under her pillow. Like, that's just not happening, but, but it's, it's this thing of, if you believe they're real, then they're real. And that kind of comes over to this thing of, oh, well, that's not true for the Easter Bunny. It's not true for Tooth Fairy. It's not true for Santa Claus, but it's true for Jesus. Yeah. There's this thought of saying, I'm uh, believing on the inside and realizing that it's true. Um, it says, put your full confidence in it. But it's not just believing in Jesus. It's not just believing that there is a God. The Bible says the demons believe there's a God, and they're terrified of that thought. He's saying this, I'm putting my full confidence in it. I'm fully trusting my life. I have all my eggs in one basket. Have you heard that term before? They always tell you not to do that. Why? Because if you drop the basket, you lose all the eggs. But Paul's saying full confidence is putting all your eggs into one basket, trust, 100% trusting in Jesus Christ. If you're, um, if, well, you guys would probably, some of you would remember a movie called The Mummy from the 90s. Um, if I don't know if I've watched the whole thing, but there's a clip in there in the, in the movie where there's this guy named Benny, and all of a sudden the mummy's going to attack him. He starts praying, right? And he holds up this like, little cross on a necklace. He starts praying, oh God, please save me, you know, whatever. And then the mummy comes closer. So he throws that one away, and he grabs a different necklace with like a little sickle on it in a different religion. He starts praying in that, that language, and then the mummy keeps coming. So he throws that one away. He grabs the star of David and starts praying in Hebrew. He was praying to every God possible that maybe one of them's going to save him. I don't think any of them do. Um, but the, this, this idea of, you know what, I don't I'm not going to have all my eggs in one basket. You know, everything could be. And he's saying, no, there's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus Christ alone. He's saying, put all your eggs, all your trust into that. It's like bungee jumping. When you bungee jump, your faith is all in that rope. 
That's, there's no other option. There's no plan B. There's just, that's it. I, all my faith, all my trust is in that. Uh, it's like my son Maddox. He'll jump off the stairs to us all the time, even if you're not looking. If he comes to the top, it's happened. To, he'll see, hey, Beppa jumps, and Beppa's not looking, right? Like, he's just got this, this blind, whatever, full faith and trust that somebody's going to catch him. Um, for all of you, you exhibited faith this morning because you're all actually exhibiting it right now. You know, when you came in this morning, I didn't see any of you walk in and, you know, grab that chair and be like, oh, man. Yeah, that's four legs. Yeah, that looks like it might hold me. You know, uh, well, it held that person. They're a little bigger than me. All right. So oh, oh, it held me. None of you did that. You just walked in and was like, bumped yourself right down. Why? Because you totally, totally trusted that, yeah, what I can see, I can see that chair. I'm sitting in it. No problem trusting. See, that's a human kind of faith where you can believe because you can see it. You see the chair, you see the bungee cord, you can see that stuff and you trust. What God's saying is, I'm giving you a God kind of faith that will allow you to believe things that you cannot see. See, we can't see sin. We can't see the effects of sin. Um, We can sometimes see it in the physical. We don't see how it's affecting our spiritual life. We don't see separation from God. We don't see the fact that that, um, we're one day going to stand before him and have to give an account for our life. We don't see that physically. We don't see that Jesus died on a cross. We, we know about it historically, but we can't see that with our physical eyes. We weren't there. But God gives you this kind of faith to believe the kinds of things that you can't see. And he says that's what he's, he's, um, he's given us. And so there's this idea of believing in these things that you can't see. You know, we talked about that last week that to the, or a couple weeks ago, that to, the, to those who, um, who, are not, who don't understand the gospel message, this idea that Jesus died 2,000 years ago affects my life today, just sounds foolish. But to us, to any one of you who's a follower of Jesus Christ, you know something on the inside just grabbed you and changed you. You're like, yeah, you know what? I know that I'm being saved. There's a power in my life. And you know that from the inside. And so Paul said um, throughout the the Bible to, to many of the different churches, he said, hey, you know what? You're not only saved by faith, live by faith. Live by faith. This idea of picking up the sword, it's this idea of living that way, that you'll put out the fiery darts of the enemy because you know what? The enemy's out to get you. If you watch the movie Braveheart, there's this scene where they go out early in the morning and they pour oil all over the battlefield before the other army gets there. And then the other army comes and they stand way back and they shoot this fiery arrow uh, into the oil. And, you know, sometimes well, you see all these fiery arrows go. Some of the arrows hit the guys and some of the arrows hit the oil. And, the, you know, the arrows get some guys and the fire gets the rest of them. And it's this, it's this crazy thing. But you know, it's the way the enemy works in your life as well. Sometimes those arrows hit you and they hit you directly and it's instantly that that thought comes in your mind and you act on it right away. You know, you're driving, you get cut off, you're like, what? Anger seething, you pull over, you go out and you smack through their window and punch them in the face. No, that didn't happen to anybody. Um, so, but for others, this thought happens and in, comes into your head and you're like, you start thinking about a person and you start thinking about, and you allow, it's, it's not like the arrow gets you right away, but the fire does. And the fire is burning and you let it sit there and you start seething about someone. And it starts getting you angry. What your wife said three weeks ago or on your honeymoon 27 years ago. And you're just like, and it just gets you. The enemy works like that. I'm saying, realize that. He's saying, you need faith to put out those fiery darts. Because sometimes he says it's to block those things and, and hold that up so he doesn't get you. The darts are this, anger. Sometimes it's like that, that anger that he's going to be throwing at you. It's, it's temptation to anything. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's these tempta- tempting thoughts that, you know, of greed or, or jealousy, but he throws something in there. Maybe um, 
the, the darts that, you know, are, are, are the lies. That you begin to believe lies about yourself. Believe lies about him. God doesn't love you. You're no good. You're not worth it. He's saying faith, that confidence in who God is and what he can do, it says it, it blocks those. It puts that stuff out. Doubt. When you're believing God for something, he wants to throw doubt in there to, 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 to stop you from believing that. He's saying, hey, you know what? Faith will keep putting that out. Keep that confidence in him. Anxiety and fear, believing the lies um, for too long. You know, it doesn't take much for him to work. You could just simply go and get the mail. This week, I went and got the mail. As I'm opening up the mail, I got a, a reassessment thing from the government that tells me they're going to pay me less for raising my children. And I was like, oh, no way. Anybody else get child tax benefit? Right? So, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. Uh, this week it came in and they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be paying you this much less per month. And I was like, oh, no, Beth's going to have to curb her shopping habits. This is terrible, right? I was like, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Uh, she's, I can't tell her that. I'm like, just looking through. I'm like, you know, how are we going to pay for stuff? I'm like, I don't know what I'm, and you start thinking about it. I'm like, now, like, oh, you know, and you start to worry. I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll have to get a second job. Maybe, maybe Beth will have to get a second job. I don't, but you start thinking about this. And, and it was all of a sudden just a few, not just a couple minutes, but it was enough that it settled in there. And then just that, that voice on the inside that just simply said, do you trust me or the government? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I remember this. I remember one time when I had a bank full of cash and, and God told me to give it away. And I was like, God, you gotta be kidding. But he's like, remember, you gave it all away. You, you're obedient. I'm taking care of you. And I'm like, you're right. You're taking care of me. It doesn't matter. The bank, I mean, the government can decide to give me no more money tomorrow. And it's okay. Why? Because it's that confidence in him, that faith that says, you know what? I know that God can supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I, I, it's that confidence in it, and it affects the way you live. It affects the way you think. You just, those thoughts are done. Why? Because, see, it's this real thing, real fight. Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Fight to win. Hebrews chapter 11 uh, we're not going to read through it today, but it just tells the stories of people who lived a good story because of faith. They lived a good story. My question for you is, do you want at the end of your time on this planet for people to say or for God to say, man, Mark Jefferson, that man, he earned a good reputation, had a good testimony because of his faith. You know, Colin had a great story, a great life because of his faith. Um, Grant has, a, has something where he says he earned a good reputation, had a good story because of his faith. And it goes through and it talks about all these people. And you know what the number one thing about all of them is? They realize that it wasn't about all about here, that their life was lived for something more. And I just want you to read through to, uh, or just go with me to verse 32. I want to close with um, this thought. Hebrews eleven thirty two. It says this, How much more do I need to say? It would take way too long to recount the stories of, of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets, and dot, 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 it should be there. Because you know what? That list doesn't end. You could be on it. Your name could be on it um, someday. And it says this, By faith, by faith, what is that? We already know by that confidence, that, that full assurance in God uh, in who he is and what he says he can do. It says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle. They put whole armies to flight. I mean, it looks like it's pretty amazing to live this life of faith. And women receive their loved ones back again from the dead. And you look at that and be like, man, yeah, it's amazing. Of course, living this life of faith, your life rocks. And then it says this, but others were tortured by faith, refusing to turn from God in, uh, in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at by faith. Some had their backs cut apart with whips. Some were chained in prisons. Some died by stone. Some died 
Some died by stoning. What? By faith. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. But I got faith for a new house and new clothes. By faith, some went about that way. It says, They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. It says, All these people earned a good reputation, a good story, a good testimony because of their faith. Because they held up the shield of faith. And it says, Yet none of them received all that God had promised. None of them received it all. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. It says earlier, too, that all these people believed God for things. They didn't see the fullness of it. Abraham knew a nation was going to come, but he didn't get to see it. But it exists today because of his faith. Because he had that full confidence in what God had said to him. I, there's some things that, um, you know, as, as you think about it, like, thanks, Mark. Thanks for depressing us like this at the end of the service. I can leave today and go, well, hopefully I'm not the one who dies, you know, being sawn in half and a you know, whatever, a bad magic episode, but this, this thing by faith, right? But it says this, there's no, remember how there's no chapters and verses? Leave you with this thought in chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, all those people mentioned in chapter 11, he says, they're surrounding us. They're surrounding you. They're surrounding me. He says, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God set before us. He's saying, since we got this thing, let's, let's run with it. Let's use it. And it says, we do this. We live this life of faith. We run this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates, who started, and who will finish your faith. Because of the joy awaiting for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and you won't become weary and give up. So many people become weary and just give up. When it gets tough, they're like, oh, you know, God must not be God because my situation's tough. Do you know what? I'm telling you something. He's saying, hold up that shield of faith because it's not all about here. and It's not all about just your joy and your happiness or whatever. It's, a, it's about this, this life of faith that those shields locking together, building something together uh, and, and holding on to what God says, uh, who he says he is, what he says he can do. Um, this, this, the, the thought that Paul was saying to the Ephesians is stand. Stand. Take up faith and use it. How do you, real quick, how you get faith? It's that, it's that voice on the inside. That voice that says something to you. It's the same voice that called you to follow Christ. It's that voice because it comes by hearing the word. Not just, by, not just by hearing it, but hearing and listening to that voice when it's like, ah, that jumps out at you. You're like, yes, that's for me. Yes, I get that. I understand that. Sometimes people want to read all the verses on money in the Bible and hope they're going to have faith to get money. Sometimes people want to read all the verses on healing and hope they're going to have faith to get healing. You can't build that faith. But as you continually read the word and as things jump out at you and you know that you know that you know that what he said in there is for you, hold on to that. Fight that good fight of faith. Can we pray? Father, I thank you for your word. Pray that you would do what I can't do and just sow that deep into the hearts of people today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead them uh, and direct uh, each and every one of them by your voice, your voice on the inside. Pray their ears would be attentive to that, that as, you're, as, uh, as we hear and see in your word what you desire for us, that we grab hold of that, that we would hold that up, that we would believe truth no matter what. God, that our confidence would be in you. For those who, um, God, are here this morning and, and don't know you, I, I pray that 
that, that they would listen to that voice on the inside that's telling them to believe and fully trust and put full confidence in you and what you've done for them and for, in your forgiveness and your grace. God, I pray that we would live this life out this week, not just today, but every day, fully believing you, believing truth, knowing that we're righteous, standing in it and, and sharing the good news with everyone we meet. That it might bring glory to you. That might see your kingdom continue to grow. Love you a lot, Jesus. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you, Father, for the value that, you've, that uh, you were willing to give for us. Thanks for this life. We live it for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.